I love the Australian accent and the Australian humor. It's the best. Actually, one year ago, I was in Australia with my wife in January and uh, had no idea what, that I wouldn't be traveling the rest of the year. It's an honor to be with you. It's so good. I had a great time with Keith this week. We met and he shared this flow that God is doing with New River and this building season. And, um, and the whole message he shared last week on freedom in Christ. And as we were talking, Holy Spirit just started bubbling up this, this progression that God is doing with you all. And I'm excited to share the progression of when you're free in Christ, what's the next step? And it is actually to step, to walk. I love the picture of, that was expressed of being, you know, in a prison cell with a door open. And the key is, what do you need to do to walk out of every prison door? What do you need for breakthrough, for actually changing our life? And that's what I want to talk about today. And... Um, this message was percolating in me, and then I had an amazing meeting late Thursday night after I talked to Keith, and it was with some leaders in the Middle East who are actually leading the fastest growing house church movement in the world. There's a, a movie, a documentary called Sheep Among Wolves that I encourage you all to see. I started watching it last night. Sheep Among Wolves, it's on YouTube. You can just put that in. It's documenting the fastest growing church in the world, which is in Iran. And this leader that his voice is muffled in that video to protect him, he's never seen publicly. He doesn't get up in front. He's nowhere to see on the internet. Uh, Papa Don and I had the honor of meeting face-to-face -face with him in a small group this week. And the very thing the Holy Spirit speaking to me to share with you was the key, they said, of the success and the key of this house church movement. It's the fastest growing church in the world. And it's not complicated. It's not tricky. It's not, you know, a secret. It's very simple. So my prayer this morning is that God would empower you so that you'll walk in more freedom, more breakthrough, and more joy, more power. And, and the coolest part of this is it doesn't depend on your strength or your smarts or your, your discipline. I mean, yes, God uses all that. It depends on your submission. It depends on your willingness. And, and so I'm excited to share this with you this morning. Can we just pray again? Holy Spirit, I thank you so much for everyone who's here, everyone that's online. I thank you, Lord, and I pray, would you anoint my words? I do not want to share my own thoughts and my own ideas. Lord, I want to share your words. And I ask more than just words, Lord, would you release power and anointing this morning? That everyone in this room would receive power from on high. And I thank you. We all qualify. That you're no respecter of persons. You're gracious. You give generously without finding fault. And so I just speak that out. There's grace this morning. This is not a message of works. It's a message of power. 
power of operating in the full blessing, the full access that we have to all of heaven. I bless you in Yeshua's name. Amen. Amen. So I'm actually, the title of this message is Clothe Yourself with Christ so that you can walk with Christ. When you're free in Christ and you see the matchless benefits and all that he's accomplished through the cross, all his promises, the next step is to step into them. Identify yourself with everything that he's done for you. And that, biblically, clothing was your identity. Did you know that? The priests, I was just reading through Old Covenant, and the priests wore these ornate, you know, vestuaries. They wore all the, the, the breastplate, and they had the, the, I didn't even remember the etched uh, carving of the gold on their shoulders and their belts and then the hat and the, the, the face, you know, so the gold going around their forehead. They had all these things and the bells and everything was detailed, but it was this identity. And even the, if you see that blind man Bartimaeus, you know, it said he threw his cloak to the side. And in that day, your, what, your cloak, that was everything you owned. That was that showed your status it showed everything so when we talk about clothing ourselves with Christ it's getting our identity fully from Jesus so I just want to um, look at Romans 13 14 and Paul is saying instead of all this other uh, way of living he says instead clothe yourself in Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the flesh in the Passion Translation, it says, fully immerse yourselves into the Lord Jesus, the Anointed One. So this, this is my encouragement. This Let's immerse ourselves into Him. He's freed us. Let's take advantage of all the benefits, all the blessing. And then it says, I love the Passion Translation. Instead of uh, uh, not gratifying the desires of the flesh, he says, don't even waste a moment's thought on your former identity to awaken its selfish desires. So your identity will affect how you walk. And when you think, no, no, I am a sinner. Oh, I've always been a failure. Then guess what? All these desires of sin are going to come back. Don't think about your former way of life and awaken those desires. And then I love Galatians 3.27. Basically, we're already clothed. This is not striving. This is just acknowledging who we are in our position and the clothes we have. Clothes we have. So in Galatians 3.27, it says, For all of you were baptized into Christ. Have clothed yourself with Christ. Your baptism, your receiving Jesus and be Him transferring you from darkness to light. And then we do the physical baptism in the water. It's a picture of we died and we've been raised. So you already have the clothing. That is your identity already. We just have to agree. And Satan, I believe, this is the number one spiritual warfare, is every day he tries to tell you who you're not. Your identity is not based on your actions. 
And that, a lot of times, the religious spirit and many well-meaning believers, you know, and parents or whatever, it's like, you did this and this and this, you're this. Instead of, Jesus says you're this, so now walk in it. The key to walking in power and in the authority and the character of Jesus is to believe that's who you are. Your faith releases the power for your actions to express what your faith is believing in. It doesn't go the other way. But the enemy tries to tell us over and over every little sin. That's who you are. That's who you are. And then we get stuck and back sitting in that prison, not walking out of it. So this morning, I'm telling you, let's get up and start walking out. <laughs> so I hope I'm encouraging. And maybe you pull over if you're driving on the road. That was, I, man, when you said that, it freaked me up. Um, probably because I know how I drive on the road and <laughs> distracted. But that's not who I am. <laughs> I love... Um, you know, Papa Don is so awesome. It's so encouraging you're here. I always am like overjoyed when Don says, I'm going to come and hear you preach. And then also terrified at the same time. <laughs> but Romans 8.29 is one of Don's life verses. And really, this is, this is to secure our identity. Because this is who God says we are. And this is where our destination is. This is our destiny. Everyone in this room is going to be like Jesus. Why do I say that? Romans 8, 29 says you are predestined. He's predestined you to be conformed to the image of Christ. So your destiny is to be like Jesus, period. So you don't have to strive. That's going to happen. The question is, how much do you want to walk in that now? This, the most beautiful thing in all of Scripture the most empowering thing that shows your value is your freedom to choose. It's in the garden. People say, why did God let Adam and Eve sin? Why? Because he values them. That shows our value. A robot has no choice. A slave has no choice. A son and a daughter have a choice. And that's the most valuable thing. It's not this debate of sovereignty and free will. We have a sovereign God, but because he values us and he created us to be sons and daughters, co-laborers with him, co-inheritors with Jesus, the bride of Christ, that all speaks crazy, amazing value. But the thing with a marriage is there's this mutual submission. There's like for a wife, you know, they have free will. We as the bride of Christ, we have free will. And so this opportunity to choose is what makes all the difference. This is the key. What do you choose? Moses said, this day, there's a choice. Life and death. Choose life. That's what I'm saying today. Let's choose life. So the key of opera, I'm just going to 
cover a verse that I love that, um, well, just is a question of who are we? Um, in Acts chapter 19, you have this story of the sons of Sceva that were going around casting out demons, and they were the high priest with his sons. And, and in verse 15, this spirit that overcame them answered them and said, Jesus I know, and Paul I know, but who are you? They were walking in a false identity. They were using someone else's name. In the name of uh, Jesus, in whom Paul preaches, they had no relationship. They had no, it wasn't who they were. So we can't rely on, you know, the freedom that Keith talked about. I just, I'm going to walk in that freedom. I'm going to kind of copycat. I'm going to mimic someone else that's really powerful and famous. And I, I kind of, like when I first met Don, I was thinking, I'm going to just dress like him. I want I, I was thinking I was going to go bald quickly just because I thought, I'm going to really be his mentor, uh, mentee. I mean, and I, I mean, it's a slow process. I'm, my hair is receding, but it's not as fast process as Don's. But we have to be careful. It's, we, if we try to copycat, we have no authority. You have to know who you are. And then you'll have authority. I love this. Um, this, this is getting towards the transformation part. In 2 Corinthians 3.18, it says, We with unveiled faces, as we look into a mirror, are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who's the Spirit. Now, catch this. This is, you look into a mirror, as in a mirror. And then, this is, it says you reflect as in a mirror. With unveiled faces, you, the word is to contemplate. You think, you look, and you perceive. And, be, and through that, you're being transformed into his likeness, into his image. What do you see when you look and you see Jesus in a mirror? A mirror shows you who you are. So it's saying look in that mirror until you can see Jesus in yourself. And that transforms you. It's your identity. Who do you see when you look in a mirror? Do you see what the enemy says about you? Or do you see yourself in Jesus? If you don't see yourself in Jesus, it's going to be very difficult to be transformed into his likeness by his spirit. Do you see that? So once we know who we are, once you have that identity, so picture again, it's putting the clothes on. You know, I also, two years ago, I was in Norway and Finland in January. I much prefer Australia. Sorry if anyone's from Scandinavia. But in January, I'd much prefer to be in Australia in their summer. But when I was in Norway and Finland, it was freezing cold. And my friends, when I'd say, we talk about the weather, they're, they're not like us, you know, like, oh no, it's going to be bad weather. They said, Todd, there's no such thing as bad weather. I heard this over and over again. There's no such thing as bad weather. They said, there's only bad clothing. <laughs> so they'll go out in any weather. 
There's no such thing as bad circumstances. It's bad identity. What are you clothing yourself with? If you're having a rough go with the circumstances around you, I'd say you need some new clothing. Clothing from Jesus. So I want to talk about the key that the underground church leaders said just a few days ago. It came down to this. We were talking about suffering. We are talking about martyrdom. They were talking about being locked up for years. They were talking about all the circumstances and everything being tracked and all their freedoms gone and this and that and this and that. And we're like, how? How's the church growing? How does this work? I was just like, please. And they said, it's all simple. And he said, it's just one word. One thing. I'm like, really? I could do that. I think I could remember that. And that's what I want to share with you this morning. It's obedience. That's the one thing. The one word. That is the key to the vastest growing church in all the earth. In the midst of crazy persecution. It's simple. And what I was processing actually about this word with Keith the day before. It was already percolating in my spirit. I was telling Keith because I heard something last week. That the difference between transformation and just revelation and knowledge is obedience. You can know something. You can talk about it. can study it. can write about it. But you're never going to be transformed unless you obey it. Obedience brings transformation. You might be saying, what is going on? Nothing's changing in my life. I'm still the same. I would submit to you very graciously. Have you obeyed? Everything the Holy Spirit's prompted you to do. Little, this is talking about little things. And by the way, this is not a message of works. It's a message of blessing and favor and power. Deuteronomy 28 talks about when you do this, when you do this. Talks about all the obedience. It says over and over, you will be blessed. You'll be blessed. You'll be blessed. Your family will be blessed. You'll be blessed in the country. You're blessed in the city. You're Resources, da, 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 da. it's all. So I'm telling you, this is about blessing. It's about freedom. And, and let me just encourage you. I was picturing this. Uh, I think I heard about this from way back when I was in like middle school. But I, it came back to me in worship today that obedience is like sitting in a car and you're, you're like, oh my gosh, I got to make a right turn. But I was, I was planning on just going straight. And the Holy Spirit says, turn which is obedience, just turn, change. And how you might be going, oh man, this is gonna be hard. And it's just start moving the wheel. It's just a choice. Remember I said everything, the, the most valuable thing about us that God's created us is free will. You, obedience starts with free will. Just saying, okay, I'm gonna turn. And you start on that steering wheel. It's like, this is going to be tough. This is going to be tough. But let me submit to you. When you obey and from what the Holy Spirit's leading you, from the word of God, from the spoken word of God, it's like power steering kicks in. You just go, okay, I'm going to try. 
whoa, this is easy. You know, like, come on, that was fun. It looked tough. For me, very practically, I felt the Holy Spirit whisper to me about fasting in the beginning of the year, and I didn't feel to make a big deal of it. And I've done this with Caleb Global. We've said, we're gonna all fast as a team. We're gonna all do this. And Dawn and I have done several 40-day fasts start of the year, but I just felt this whisper, this invitation to fast. And I was like, okay, and the Lord said, do this certain thing with eating. And then, and then I felt this whisper about no social media. And it wasn't this big burden. It was just a whisper. It was an invitation. I didn't have to. And I was like, all right, let's see how this works. I'm like, okay. And all of a sudden, it just, it's, let me tell you, when you obey, it brings life. It's freedom. And it's crazy how, you know, I don't, has anyone else been, their minds and their emotions and their hearts and everything's been barraged by so much on the press, the social media? You know, it's like you don't know who to believe. Do you believe the news? Because you can see it proves out that there's a lot of agendas with news agencies from all different sides. And then all the prophetic revelation that's on YouTube and all the social media and all the, and you're like, oh, oh, that sounds so awesome. And then the next week, like that didn't happen. Oh my gosh, who do I believe? And I have all these friends telling me things. Has anyone else experienced some of this? And like, even just, I don't know, it was 10 days ago, we had really good friends and you should go buy a generator. You should stock up your fridge. You should buy extra toilet. You should get a hundred guns or something. You know, it's like, whoa. And, and my wife was, just came to me. It was right before a meeting, but she's like, Todd, we were having lunch together. Todd, what should we do? And this and that and this and that. And I, and I, I was like, Lord, what do I say? What do I say? And I felt the Lord say, have you asked me? <laughs> and it just got down to this simple obedience. It's just, what is God saying? Just do that. So I grabbed her. We're like, we have five minutes before I have to go. And we just like, God, speak to us. And we both were just quiet. And it was like, do we run and buy all these things? And all I felt the Lord say was rest. I'm like, oh, that sounds too good to be true. <laughs> okay. And then I asked her, what did you say? she said, Todd, I just felt Jesus say, focus on me. Set your eyes on me. So we both looked at each other like, okay then, we're not going shopping. <laughs> and I didn't feel like I had to give an answer or make a big deal, write a post about it. But it was just the Lord's voice gives us life. So this is what I would say. Some of you, the word obedience, does anyone feel a little bit like, oh, don't give me the O word. Like maybe... You know, and I actually, for me too, is like I had some, some situations growing up where there was controlling type father, mother figures and leadership where it's like, you have to obey. You have, and it's like this lording it over. And if any of you have been hurt by that, I'm going to use a couple other descriptive words, okay? So this is another way to say obedience. It's intentional living. Live intentionally. Don't live out of responding knee-jerk reactions or ah, ah. be intentional. 
God, what are you saying? I'm going to do that. No matter what people say, what circumstances. Obviously, watch, we walk in submission to healthy authorities, which God uses counsel to help. Um, this is another one. Willfully walking in the ways of God. Just willfully. You are free to get up out of that cell and walk in the ways of God. That's obedience. It's intentional. It's willful. Choosing which way to go by using God's GPS system. <laughs> so it's like you got this destination. I know, the, I know this is, I have to do this, or I'm a dad, or I'm a mom, or I'm a student, or I'm this job. Or, okay, so I know I, there's certain things. How do I get there, God? And just waiting on him for the step-by-step directions. Jesus did this constantly. This was his method of operation. I only do what I see the Father doing and only say what I hear the Father saying. That was the core of Jesus' success. That is the core of the success of the fastest growing house church movement in the world is just every day, what are you saying? What are you doing today? Oh, you're resting? I'm going to rest. Oh, you're laying your life down and risking everything? Okay, I'm going to go for that. Just want to encourage you. I was really provoked. Um, Somebody mentioned to me about Smith Wigglesworth. uh, and, And I was, actually I was sharing about social media. And they said, do you know Smith Wigglesworth never allowed a newspaper into his home? And I guess back then that was Facebook and Instagram or something, or Google News, because he did not want to get messages that weren't from God. He didn't want to influence his mind and his heart and his emotions based on what the world was saying. I'm saying you can be on social media and you can be listening to the news, but don't let that give you your direction or determine your peace. Um, I wanted to read a couple quotes. Do you, have you guys heard of Dietrich Bonhoeffer? He was an amazing, uh, stood with the Jewish people and, and ended up being killed um, in Germany. His, his, this is what he was saying. This is one of his quotes. One act of obedience, one act of obedience is better than 100 sermons. So just... Would you do one thing? Just ask God, what's one step of obedience? What do you want me to do that you normally wouldn't do? Or you just want to submit? Do one, okay? Can you do that? Try this. He talks about faith. He said, faith is only real when there's obedience. It's never real without obedience. Faith only becomes faith in the act of obedience. It's faith is how you walk. It's how you walk out of that prison cell. But you have to take a step of obedience. Um, Anybody heard of A.W. Tozer? He says, the driver on the highway is not safe when he reads the signs. But when he obeys them. So might be driving going, oh yeah, God said to yield, or he said there's one way, traffic. 
okay, who cares? <laughs> you know, like, so this is not legalism. It's not, you know, just you being this um, religious person. This is you just walking in life. Charles Stanley said, God's responsible. Oh, this is convicting. God's responsible for the consequences of our obedience. It's like, Lord, I obeyed. It's up to you now. That's what those underground church leaders were saying. They said, we don't build the church. They said in Matthew, Jesus said, I will build my church. So we don't actually worry about how the church is going to grow. We just obey. And God's responsible for the consequences of our obedience. But this is the second part of that statement from Charles Stanley. He said, we are responsible for the consequences of our disobedience. He's responsible to work things out when we obey. We're responsible when we disobey. Billy Graham said, God does not call us to be successful, but to be obedient. Two more. Charles uh, Oswald Chambers. I love Ozzy. I used to call him when I was younger. But more respect now. Oswald Chambers. He said, spiritual maturity is not reached by the passing of the years. Doesn't matter how long you've been in church, how old you are, but it is determined by the obedience to the will of God. Spiritual maturity. And then I'm going to come to landing this ship here with Chuck Swindoll says, when you suffer and lose, this is really important for our state of the world and even in some of our lives that are being shaken and we feel like we've kind of taken some steps backwards. Things have gotten hard. And this, this is so important. It's when you suffer and lose, that does not mean you're being disobedient to God. Faith and prosperity doctrine, that does mean that. But there's a lot of doctrine in the word of God that Jesus, his life, look at Jesus. And look at all the disciples. They did not have the most outwardly successful lives. So when you're going through a hard time, it says it doesn't mean you're being disobedient to God. In fact, it might mean you're right in the center of his will. The path of obedience is often marked by times of suffering and loss. So yes, obedience brings blessing. Many times those blessings are internal. It's peace. It's joy in the midst of suffering. That's another one of the things that came out that night with these underground church leaders. They said, there's a level of joy that you can experience when everything's going good. They said, when you're suffering and the Holy Spirit releases joy, it's actually the deepest, most profound joy you've ever experienced is joy in suffering. Don't be afraid of suffering. When you walk in obedience, there is a blessing. The nearness of God, his presence. Hebrews 5.8 says, Though he was a son, yet he learned obedience by the things he suffered. That was Jesus. Even though he was a son. So I just want to pray for you. I just want to pray. And, and if some of you this morning can relate to like the confusion, the, the attacks, the 
so many words. It's almost like, who do I listen to? So anybody can relate to that? Like all the different prophetic things, the, the different news perspectives. And there was just confusion. And it's kind of brought this heaviness on all of America. You can feel it. If you can relate to that, and if you want me to pray for you, could you just stand up? I just want to pray for anyone. And, and if you feel like, Todd, I just want to receive the clothing because I want to take some steps out of this cell, out of every time the enemy lies to me and tells me this is who you are because of circumstance or emotions. I want that clothing where I have that identity which will empower me to walk in my destiny. So can you just stand up for a moment? I just want to pray for you. And if you're driving, don't stand up, but just receive. So Holy Spirit, I thank you so much for your presence here. I thank you so much for your word that does not return void. I thank you for all your promises that are yes. And we just say, so be it. We just say yes. And it came back to me, I think as Watchman Nee had this theology in the book of Ephesians, sit, walk, stand. And I felt this, the word that has been coming, this building blocks of who you are in Jesus and the freedom you have in him, that to, that's, you're seated with Jesus in the heavenly realms. Every, you have every spiritual blessing in Christ in Ephesians 1 verse 3. But today, I just feel like the Lord's inviting you to walk. Walk in that freedom. That this church, there's going to be a radical move. And I believe there's just a shift happening where we're going to actually start walking in crazy anointing, crazy favor. The Lord's going to show off his power. And it's just going to come down to that little point of obedience. Just saying yes and stepping out in faith. So let's just, in our, just practically in your body, can you just take a step forward? Not, and not immediately, but let's just, just you and God, just between you and Jesus, just say, I'm going to walk with you. Obedience is walking with Jesus. It's, it keeps you super intimate. And you can look foolish, but wise in God's eyes and foolishness in the world's eyes. So right now, just take that step saying, I'm going to walk. I'm going to take a step of obedience. I'm just going to do what you do and say what you say. Wow. Thank you, Lord. So Holy Spirit, I just pray a blessing prayer over the body today. In Jesus' name, I pray empowering, just filling, fulfilling desires. And I break off every lie that attacks identity. I pray you'd lift it off. And even any religious spirit, that anything that I said, it's like, oh, Todd wants us to work. He, it's just that heavy yoke of legalism or any domineering leadership or parents or just well-meaning people that have crushed you with, you have to do this, you have to do this. We just pray, God, break that off. And I pray for freedom, freedom to fly, freedom to run, to run the race he's marked out for you. I just pray for courage now and fresh anointing to just hear his small voice, to read the word of God and just simply say yes and get up and obey. 
the little, little acts of obedience. In the powerful name of Jesus. Amen.